All right, let's go ahead and get going. Thank you for tuning in to our very first Gold Club Q&A call. You guys are going down in history as the very first ones on the call. <laughs> I decided to, and I don't know what that's going to get you, but uh, at least you're going down in history. Uh, I decided to um, start these calls once a month, and so just so you'll know, from now on they're going to be the second Monday of the month, if you want to just go ahead and write that down while you're thinking about it. Um, I, I couldn't come this night. I'm actually going to be in my uh, mastermind meeting uh, next Monday, or we just started that now. So starting in, um, June, let's see, September, we're going to start on the 12th. So if you want to make a note and just take your calendar and just make a note that it's 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the second Monday of every month. Until I say stop, we're going to do this call. Now, I've set it up openly tonight as it builds, and we get a lot more people on it. we got 20-some-odd people on the call right now and growing. As we get more people on it, we will use the operator to take uh, calls and put them in queue like you're calling a radio station. So tonight, if you guys will... Just make a note to keep your background noise down. I'm going to try to leave it open unless it gets noisy, so no screaming children, please. No barking dogs. No screaming spouses or ruffling papers or watching television or any of that stuff. And uh, if it stays the way it is right now, I think we'll be just fine. So here's how this works. You ask questions, and I attempt to answer them. When you stop asking, I'll stop answering, and the call will be over with a maximum of an hour long. So sometimes we make the hour, sometimes we don't. More often we make it than not, but that's going to entirely hinge on you guys tonight. So welcome aboard. I know you're from all over the United States and Canada, so I'll take questions on any real estate-related subject, uh, residential or commercial, or anything else that's uh, that you need to discuss on the call, the roadblocks, uh, something going on in your business. I'll also take input from you on what are you doing right, what's working, uh, what kind of deals are you working on. This is your chance to get on here and tell the rest of the group. And what have you learned lately? Share with us what you've learned. Learn, uh, tell us about some some interesting facts that you think would be of interest to us and uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, with that said, tell me who wants to start. I, I I'd love to ask a question. All from right, New Jersey. First, we we got to know who you are and where you're from. Fantastic. Peter Toth in New Jersey. All right, Peter. And uh, Ron, I, I'm just at the beginning stage, uh, listening to a lot of material. Um, really love it, so thank you. And really my first question is regarding banded signs. I just uh, picked up my first 100 signs, and I found someone on Craigslist who's going to help me put them up. Mm-hmm. And we're just at the beginning stage, so whatever tips as far as um, – what locations work best besides uh, you know the intersections, et cetera? I'd, I'd love to get some some thoughts from you on the best placement for for signs. Yeah, I can handle all that for you. All right, first of all, let's tell everybody on the call what bandit signs are because I don't really refer them to them. We're using that name. Actually, bandit signs is the name of a company, whether you know it or not. And uh, somehow that name just got stuck to the roadside signs we put out. And these signs say, "I buy houses." Imagine that. And I will tell you that they absolutely work. You will be getting calls on them before you get back home. And probably before long you'll get one from the city telling you to go take that sign down. I'm sure you're aware of that before you put them up, but it's not really a big deal. Uh, They work so well, in fact, that uh, I'm surprised more people don't put them up in spite of the pressure that the city will sometimes give you. But that really all hinges on where you live. So... The answer to your question is, if I want to put bandit signs out, I want to put them out in an area where I want to buy houses. That's the first thing we would pick, not just sticking them wherever I can find a place to stick them. So pick your community and see if you can find a place on the entrances and the exits to that community to put those signs. And on the roadside, or if you've got a divider in the middle of the road perhaps, put them uh, there as well and the area surrounding that. And uh, as far as uh, when to put them out, you will get a lot less flack if you put them out on Friday afternoon. They'll probably hang around there at least through the weekend, and some of them will hang around for days and days and days. 
but uh, you'll get a lot less flack from the city if you put them out on Friday because they don't work on the weekends anyway, so nobody cares. Uh, they will come up missing, and in fact, you, you know, we sometimes have neighborhood bandit sign police that self-enforce the, the destruction and removal of these signs. And by the way, if they do, there's not a thing you can do about it. Uh, and sometimes the, some people from the city will go out and uh, uh, take them down as well. But um, to be honest with you, it's uh, so productive that it's probably worth the uh, negative side effects. You're going to have to determine that yourself and and uh, play it by ear. We still have them up right here in Jacksonville where I live. I don't put them up uh, right now. Used to. Used to put up a lot of them. But uh, you can't drive to two or three, four miles from my house here without seeing one of those signs up. Of course, they don't stay up more than a few days, and they're gone. So with all that said, did that answer your question? Yes, thank you very much. Make sure you don't put these signs up now. Are you ready to receive the calls? Have you got uh, who's going to take the calls? I, I, I've got a voicemail system um, directing people to leave a message why they're selling um, and have them leave their phone number. Why don't you just set up a Pat Live account and let them do it, Ray? Let a live human being answer the call 24 hours a day for peanuts. And uh, there's just four or five questions you need them to ask. You have that information? Were you at the New uh, Jersey boot camp? Uh, unfortunately, I was not. Okay. Um, but um, I was at a boot camp years ago, and I realized I've got to refresh that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 In fact, if you were there... Uh, before, you know, you can come back for $500, and I'm telling you, it's a different boot camp, and it's a different uh, business now. Yeah. Things change so fast out here right now. You, you, gotta, you ought to come back at least once a year for 500 bucks. That's the deal once you've gone, yeah. 500 bucks. And right. you know, we know we're doing one in Jacksonville here next week. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's a really, really handsome guy teaching it. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right, but if you if you call if you go to patlive.com forward slash Ron Legrand, you got a 24-hour answering service there that'll take these calls live, and really all we ask them is your name, and do you have a house for sale? Because if they don't, well, if, if in your case though, if you're just having them call from the signs, they probably all will. Uh, well, unless they're the city or somebody complaining, but name, uh, the address of the house, the phone number, and do you have a house for sale? That's yeah. really all you need to know because you're going to have to call them back and get the property information sheet filled out anyway. Right. Yep. But I don't like these answering machines. I mean, you lose a lot of calls of those things, and mm -hmm. sometimes people leave a message, sometimes they won't. They're a lot less hesitant to hang up if they've got a human being on the phone. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay. Who's got the next question for the evening? Boy, this is a this is a, a, a energetic group I got on the phone here tonight. Who's next? Uh, Ron. Yeah, I have a question about uh, the bandit signs. D uh, and by the way, my name is Larry Pearson from Sacramento, California. Larry from Sacramento. Boy, we got both sides of the country covered here, don't we? All right. Well, the, uh, my question is: Is it better to have an 800 number on the bandit signs or a local number? Um, the days of the 800 number are kind of gone, Larry. That's actually a very good question. If you were to ask me that I'm question and say, go away. hey, go guys, watch, we're... No, go watch your TV. Hello. If you yelled about it, go watch the show. Okay. Larry, you can hear me, but I can't hear the racket in the background, neither can you now. In the days of the um, uh, 800, about five years ago or so, I would have said <clears throat> use an 800 number, but today it doesn't matter. Uh, everybody knows that calling long distance on their cell phone is is not going to cost them anything, in fact, most of the time from your own home, and it's just not a big deal like it used to be. So I would suggest that you use a local number because, A, it's not going to cost you a single call. B, it shows that you're a local investor trying to buy houses and not some big company that scares folks, <clears throat> and uh, I don't think it just matters anymore. Okay? And But make sure that you do this, though. Make sure that if you use a local number that it's um, – I just told Peter to go uh, sign up for Pat Live, but if uh, and Pat Live will give you a phone number, but you better make sure that you own the phone number now so that you can forward it or not forward it 
So if you want to change the direction of the phone, you have that luck, uh, ability. If you get a phone from somebody else and it's their phone number, you can't do that. So you, and, and sometimes uh, we need more than one phone number if we want to drive sellers into a different direction. And uh, normally you won't do that, but uh, just be sure that you've got a phone number that is flexible that you're using specifically for and only for sellers. You don't want to mix that number up with anything else. You need a phone number for buyers and a phone number for sellers, and uh, you control it. And all you need is forwarding, none of the junk. You don't even need to drop into your house. <clears throat> you just need a phone line with forwarding on it. Pat Live will give you one if you uh, ask him. <coughs> Local number. Okay. All right. Okay, that's good. Buddy else, come on. Talk to me. Ron. Yes. This is Chris in Arkansas. Okay, now we have got the country covered. All right. Okay. How do you go about finding your commercial properties, your multifamily? You want to know uh, the truth? Uh, loopnet.com is probably the number one target site for you to go to. Loopnet. Yeah, but I thought those were always ones that they just didn't want to. Chris, that's, that a, that's a load of crap. I'm, I can, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'm on Loopnet about every other day myself. Really? And, and, okay. and I just found an apartment project here in Jacksonville, for example, that is 200 units, and they're asking to, for, to, to have a bid. I went out and looked at that thing yesterday, and it is totally 100% vacant in a, an area with a lot of other apartments, but that's bank-owned, and I know darn well that they're going to sell that, that project for less than $10,000 a unit, which here in Jacksonville is really, really cheap. Pretty good. Uh, of course, it needs a total renovation on it. Yeah. But when that thing is up and running and occupied and turned around, that project's worth about nine, ten million bucks. So well, you and found I an out REO on LoopNet. It's right on LoopNet. Huh. Oh, it's called uh, Woodland um, Woodland Apartments, I think. Just go in there, and you'll see what I'm talking about. 212 units right here in Jacksonville. <laughs> I've got a student named Josh who lives in. Um, where the heck does he live? <laughs> New Jersey, I think. I forgot where he lives. Up there somewhere. Anyway, um, he's uh, sending me projects. He was at my commercial boot camp here last month, and he's sending me projects, and I'm working with him uh, going through these apartment projects, and, and he's finding, I think he's finding every single one of them on LoopNet because um, I know every time he mentions it, I go in there, and there it is. So um, I can't tell you a better source than that. I mean, don't buy into all of that crap that if it's on LoopNet, it's picked over, and it's, that's just not true. Are you buying these as private money then that you put together? Or if uh, Well, if we've got um, uh, Josh and I have got two letters of intent out that have been accepted, and he's only been at this about three weeks, on a project, uh, one in Tennessee and one's in Texas. We're now converting those to contracts. And we've got, you know, the hard stuff done. Now we're going to convert them to contracts, and we'll see how that goes. But if when we do close on them, we will use private money to close on them. And I'm going to – I got a fellow here in Jacksonville that um, says that he can put together a business plan and get the capital to buy these things if they're good deals. And obviously I wouldn't mess with them if they're not good deals. So, yes, the answer is private money. Is he a private lender or is he a... No, he's just a packager that uh, has a, a list of uh, investors that are looking for projects. How do you find those guys? I'll steer you to him when you find something to steer to him with. <laughs> I see. Okay. But I don't want to give out his number on this call. Okay. Do you make uh, out the contracts? Or does... I haven't tested him or anything yet. Um, no, when you're buying you have something... have make out the contracts? If you're buying something off of uh, one of those sites like LubeNet, yeah. It's almost always going to involve a broker, and that broker will send you the contract. Okay. They don't want yours anyway. They'd uh, rather just use their form. So in both of these cases, we'll take their contract. One of them, in fact, I've already whacked up and sent back for revision. And so we'll just take their contract and use it. It's as good as any. And it's easy okay. to get accepted because they know it. But I wouldn't do that blind now. If you've not had any training on commercial, you need to know what should and should not be in that contract, and that's where that's where Scott's gotten me. Have you been to my commercial uh, boot camp? No. Well, it's a big, ugly world out there for you to be buying commercial property without any training. I'm, I, that one scares me. You know, I've had some, but uh, I haven't been to your boot camp. But. Well, unfortunately, I'm not even going to do one until late next year now, so. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that. But uh, if you're going to buy apartments, you might even consider getting to Dave Lindahl's boot camp. 
Dave okay. Lindahl is one of my students turned teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got 7,000-plus units. Uh, when I met him, he was a landscaper. Right. Which has only been about, jeez, eight, nine years ago. Okay. This guy's become a multimillionaire just buying apartments, but he buys them in good condition. I mean, I prefer to buy them in poor condition and turn them around and build in a lot, a lot of equity. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Welcome. All right, who's next? All right. Who else has got a call? Got about 40-some-odd people on this call. One of you must have a question. Uh, Ron, I have a question about uh, raising, raising private money for buying at auction. Buying at auction? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, of course, if you buy at auction, you've got at least 30 days to close. Are you talking well, if- about where to foreclosure auction where they at the courthouse right at the courthouse oh where you gotta have a cashier's check in hand to, well, to what's your name problem. larry from sacramento again oh larry again okay uh well larry private money's not going to do you any good if you have to have the money the day of the sale like we do here in florida yeah yeah you can't do that you cannot pull that off nobody could close it that fast even, right. <laughs> even if you had the private mo- a lender ready to write the check so you're going to have to raise capital and have it in the bank in order to attend the foreclosure sale or, of course, bring in a partner who does who can write the check. And, I, again, I don't think you're going to be able to get a private lender because there's just no way to secure that loan, whereas right. if they're a partner, then uh, you probably will take title into their entity and you will be a part of it. And if you're going to do that, I'll give you a little input on that. Do you intend to go get somebody to put up the money and have them own the property with you? That'll probably be the case. I mean, you know, I'd probably have enough to buy like one house, but that's about it. I'd like to buy, you know, more than one at a time. Well, if you're going to buy them at the foreclosure steps now, uh, that's about the only time that you have to worry about that because you've got plenty of time any other way. But if you're going to do that, if you're going to bring a partner in, uh, just this just a thought now because this is kind of the way I'm doing with my platinum inner circle and it's the way I'm going to do with pretty much any new LLC that I'm a part of mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to be a part of the LLC I don't want to have to worry about a tax return every year uh, I'll just uh, create a uh, profit sharing agreement with uh, my partner and my partner will own the property 100% in his or her entity and then I'll have a profit-sharing agreement that gets me paid the exact same amount whether I own the property or don't own the property and puts me under sim- very similar control. I mean, they can't sell it without my, uh, you know, if, I, if they sell it, I get paid. But uh, I don't. Uh, it gives them control, makes them feel better, gives me a percentage of the profits, which is all I'm in it for anyway. Okay. Just a thought. Uh, it's not applicable to everything. But as far as like trying to find uh, investors and pool them together, there's there's issues with that, isn't there? Yes, that is a security, but it's not a big deal because uh, if they're accredited, you don't need a PPM or anything. Okay. And you do not have to register it with the SEC. Okay. Uh, Well, you you better check with your attorney on that because you may have to, after it's done, at least just tell them that it's done, but you don't have to get pre-approval like an IPO or anything. But they do have to be accredited, and if they're not, you have to have a private placement memorandum. Okay. And in your case, I can't imagine somebody putting up the money for you to do your deals without them being accredited, but they need to sign the form and do it correctly. Okay. Well, that sounds good. What kind of, what size, what price range properties would you go to the courthouse and buy in Sacramento? Well, it, it depends uh, what's a good price, but a lot of the things that seem to be selling pretty easily are like fairly new homes and track developments uh, that are in the 120, 175,000 uh, price yep. range. Those will sell all day long. Yeah, as long as they're in good areas. Yep. So you you can go to the auction and buy them for what? Well, uh, they're kind of they're not the best deals, but it seems like a lot of people who sell them uh, sell, the, sell them for high prices because they are not a short sale. They're they're ready to be sold. 
uh, like the short sales are, you know. The, I'm not the, talking the, about short sales of, now. You said you're going to the auction and buying these, right? Right. Foreclosure auction. So if a house right. is worth 150, what can you think you can get it for at the auction? Uh, 120, 125. Nah. nah, you can't do that. No. Nah, oh God, no. Don't you even think about paying 125,000 cash for a 150,000 dollar house? If you do, you're going to a seminar, and you're not going to like the cost of the tuition. <laughs> that is way, way, way more than you can pay for cash. You have not been to my training yet, have you? No, I'll be there uh, this week. Oh, you're coming this week? Yeah. Oh, good, good. You're going to love it because we're going to be doing a lot of deals during this event, and you, you'll you see that, uh, man, I'm glad you're coming because I, I, w- I would uh, hate to see you go out and make that big mistake. In fact, if I'm buying $150,000, let me just give you an example of one I did buy at the auction here recently, all right? Uh, at the foreclosure sale, just like you're discussing, except kind of we do it online now. We don't have to go to the courthouse steps anymore. Paid uh, ninety-two-five for the house, and it's on the market right now for one seventy-nine, and we put fifteen in it. How does how does that compare to what you're trying to pay? Well, that's a lot better. <laughs> yeah, and that's the kind of spread you got to have in them if you're going to pay cash, or you're not going to like the end result. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you come. Uh, have you uh, listened to uh, the my red or green CDs yet? Yeah, I I, uh, I don't remember which is which, but yes, I have. Well, the red is the ugly house. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's got the Mayo formula in there. And remember that formula: seventy percent of R minus repairs. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I said we don't make pay Mayo, and we don't. Right. <laughs> California or Florida, we don't pay Mayo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just from what I'm seeing, there's a lot of people paying relatively high prices at auction to me, uh, and the spread is pretty small. And, and you are correct, and just for the record, Larry, it's always been that way. Huh? From 1982 to today, it's always been that way. Hmm. People will always pay too much, and most of the time they're owner-occupants, and you can't compete with those. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go to an auction where there's a hotel and there's 50 houses for sale that night, you'll notice that at the beginning, it, the, you know, there'll be a crowd there about halfway in to be half empty, and that's because all the one-time owner-occupant buyers' houses have sold and they're gone. Uh, people can go out and buy houses today and get financed at very low rates, the pretty houses in the pretty neighborhoods, and if you find an owner-occupant that just has to be at that auction that can come up with the money quickly, you can't outbid them. No way you can outbid them. So right. that's why it's all a numbers game. I mean, we probably bid on 20, 25 houses at the courthouse steps to get the one that went through. But, mm-hmm. you know, of course, we're sitting here bidding from the desk, uh, but somebody had to go by and look at those properties before we bid on them. So there is, you know, that front-end work involved. That's the, that's the downside of paying cash for houses. you got to go look at a lot of houses to get one bought, whether you're buying them out of the MLS or whether you're buying them at a uh, auction at a hotel or whether you're buying them at the uh, courthouse steps. Right, yeah, that's what it seems like to me. It's just it's a lot of work to try and find something that might work. You know? Well, it is if you're paying cash, and that's why I don't want you doing that work. Yeah. I can take any part of this business or any business for that matter, and I can make it a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Or by the time you get out of here... On August the 11th, you'll see that uh, if you follow my lead, we're going to make it very, very little work. All of those houses that I told you that had to be inspected, none of them were inspected by me. Right. And, in fact, I didn't even know uh, what the house looked like that we won the bid on. In fact, in my case, it was two weeks after I bought the house before I even real, you know, went, went over and took a look at it. And guess what? It's three miles from my house. It <laughs> still took me two weeks to get over and take a look at it. But somebody had seen the house. We did the comps on it. We knew what we were buying, and we knew the area that we were buying it in before we bid on it. Uh-huh. And we had a good idea what the repair costs were. And I was short. You know, I, I underbid the repairs, man. I thought it was going to take about 12 and it, it cost me about fifteen grand. i am sick over it. <laughs> Well, if you're that close, you're you're pretty good. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not sick over it. I could care less. 
<laughs> so anyway, that house is on the market. We're going to take you through it on the boot camp, and you'll see it stayed and ready to sell. Okay, great. Might even have a contract on it by then. Okay. Are you getting your buyers from the residential people? Uh, am I getting my buyers from the residential? Residential buyer. I mean uh, retail buyers. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure I understood that question, but yes, this is a retail sale, owner-occupant type buyer, and we get them by generating leads, just as we'll discuss, and then following up on them and, you know, get the contract on the one that uh, that, that uh, says they want it that we think will qualify. Is there a, a specific question in there somewhere? I guess I was kind of asking how you advertise for your buyers. Well, we advertise uh, with signs and online, and uh, right now that's all we're doing. We don't even have ads in the newspaper, but we do have ads on a few websites here locally, and of course we have a website set up, and we have signs leading into the house and one in front of the house. pointer, Pointer signs will do more for you to sell a house than anything else you can do with a possible exception of, a, of an active uh, campaign to drive traffic to um, the site where your house is located. What, what we like, I'd like to see you do is I'd like to see you have a website that uh, sells houses, and then you put a page on that website with your house, and then when you drive traffic, drive them directly to that page. And there's so many ways for you to drive traffic. There's a whole host of uh, local websites that you can use. And you can just run, and then, of course, there's Facebook, and you just run ads and uh, on these sites. And then there's Craigslist, of course, mm-hmm. and do whatever you can to drive them to that page and uh, then follow up on uh, on the ones who choose to give their, you their uh, information. Um, by the way, guys, you know that we're doing a uh, .com event this, this week. In fact, I'm leaving for L.A. to uh, Wednesday. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we're going to be doing a three-day dot-com summit in L.A., and I'll be there with my friend Ed Rush uh, teaching that. And it's only $99. You guys can tune in online. I don't know whether you knew that or not, but you can watch from home if you want to. And, of course, Larry, you probably ought to truck on down there, man, because it's worth the three days. What you're going to learn in that thing is going to work, is going to affect every business you ever do. Uh, inside and outside of real estate because it's all about how to create revenue but driving traffic and uh, having website presences and all of that and um, how to get them done uh, for practically nothing. So it's going to be a killer event. Uh, if you guys haven't registered, go to .comsummit.com, .com, D-O-T, com, summit, with two M's, .com, and you can get on right now where you can uh, get on the simulcast if you want. And, uh, of course, that means you can pop in and out and, because you're not in the room, but uh, it's going to be a great event. If you don't know Ed Rush, he's a uh, retired uh, Air Force pilot. Uh, He flew several missions over uh, Afghanistan. He's a great guy. Okay. Who else? What did I miss? Anybody got any questions? How about a short sale question? Shoot. Who's Uh, this? Peter, New Jersey. And uh, so uh, are you a fan of uh, students working on short sales with the idea of trying to buy it low and resell it once you get a bank approval if the BPO is favorable and if somebody else is uh, doing all the grunt work in uh, getting it processed? The answer is yes and no, Peter. And Because okay. uh, I think I heard in there you asked me if I'm a fan of doing a short sale and then trying to find a buyer that can qualify for a loan to close that short sale after I get the bank to approve it? Either a retail buyer or a cash buyer if the discount is uh, big enough to uh, you know, comparable prices. All right. Well, here's a couple of problems with that plan. <coughs> Number one, whatever offer I make to the bank to buy the property for cash at a short sale discount is the name that I've got to close the purchase in. Understand yep. that? R- r- right, and, and therefore I was so planning I on using some transactional funding uh, okay. in that gap. All right. Well, that's all right if you're using transactional funding. Uh, but secondly, the, probably the most important problem is 
that you've got to have that buyer ready to go and qualified and closed because about the most you're going to get is 30 days once they say, okay, it's a go. Yep. Sometimes you can, but if you're, if you're getting the letter from the bank and then now just starting to find your buyer and then expect to get them qualified and closed before the bank pulls the plug on you, that's a tough nut to crack. It sounds like you focus a lot less on that than other methods. Well, uh, I'm only telling you this for your own benefit. I don't mind you doing that, but really the key kingpin here, the key pin is, is do I have a buyer's list of buyers that seem qualified, that want to live where I'm working, that I can plug into this thing and get them closed? The bank will wait. But remember, you can't tell the bank, hey, well, I got a buyer about ready to approve to buy it, when you're already telling the bank, hey, I'm here as a cash buyer ready to buy it. Right. So it's a delicate <coughs> spider web you're, that you're working on. And, and some people pull it off effectively, but uh, it's, uh, it's very, very, very delicate. So right. if you have the cash to close on this short sale property and actually buy it, then that takes away all of those issues because you're under no pressure to get it closed to resell it. And, right. th- and and based on that, I'd say, yeah, I love short sales as long as you're not the one personally doing all of the grunt work. Right. Thank you. Or sometimes um, we have investors who will even come in and pay us a little bit more than what we're paying for it. But, uh, you know, that's just wholesaling a house all it is. And, and would they be able to be um, assigned the contract no. in the middle of the short sale? No. It's afterwards, right? No, but when I make an offer to the bank on a short sale, I I put the words as trustee after the buyer's name, which is an entity. Ah. And so we can close, and uh, that entity can be the trustee. And then if my buyer wants to fire the trustee and appoint another one, they can do that at their discretion. So when, with an investor, I can I can, I can explain that. No way I'd try to explain that to an owner-occupant. Right, 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 right. Okay. I'll tell you, it's just a lot easier if you get your private lenders lined up and go ahead and close on the dumb thing and take your time. Plus, you get to play the market and uh, get the best you can out of it when you're selling it. Yeah. So I I heard you uh, recently talk about you know getting private lenders, and I see the value in that, but I I haven't uh, haven't gotten that far. And I, I think I think it's probably my problem that I'm looking at it like a chicken and the egg issue that. Uh, you know, because I haven't done deals, and so because I'm <laughs> at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to point to any success. That okay, what have you done? And so uh, maybe, maybe it's my issue uh, blocking myself from finding private lenders. Well, uh, that would make you normal, Peter. But um, before I digress here, um, are you guys all aware that you have a private lending site right on your membership site? It's yours. It's your site. If you don't, yes. uh, how about the rest of you? Speak to me, guys. How many yes. of you press no. a, press a button if you are not aware of the private lending site? Any button? Just one. Press a button if you are aware of the private lending site. Okay, that's about half of you. <laughs> All right, okay, we'll continue pressing. All right, on your membership site, over on the left-hand side of your page, now this is after you get into your membership site. That means you have to have your password. On the left, you'll see private lender, private lending site or something like that, uh, and you just punch on that, and that will take you to a little form you fill out as to what email address you want on your private lender site and what phone number and what name. If you fill that form in one time, voila, you've got your own private lending site already done for you. So your exercise for tonight is to go set that up, even if you don't know what you're going to do with it yet. So you can get it uh, done, change it anytime you want, and go look at that private lending site that's sitting right there for you. And you'll see that it'll pop up with my video of me telling them why they should order the free CD on here's a safe alternative to the stock market. And whenever you want, you can put your video in there to do the same thing. And then um, 
below that video is some more copy to get them to give you their email address and name so they can download that CD. And then once they put their email address in there, it takes them over to a sales letter that tells them why they should consider being a private lender for you. You should go put your own email address or something in there to get to that letter to read it. And then you'll see down at the bottom that it asks them to contact you if they want to discuss this private lending thing. So it's all done for you. And then an autoresponder kicks in as soon as they get off of the site, delivers them the link to download the CD, and tells them thank you for coming to my site. And uh, if you wish to talk, email me your phone number, and I'll call you. And this is assuming that they didn't go down to the bottom of the letter and give you their phone number. So this thing is set up for you to uh, uh, it'll screen out the lender, the prospects for you. And so all you've got to do is drive some traffic to your own private lender site, and pretty soon you're going to have some folks to call that are very interested in getting a higher rate of return on their money. Is the CD something that gets sent to them automatically, or, or that we can get a supply it, it, of those? They get an automatic. They get an autoresponder with a link to download it right then and there. Ah, uh, got it. Okay. There's nothing for you to do except drive traffic to your site so you can get some suspects going in and convert them to prospects. And incidentally, if I were you, I'd uh, probably go to LinkedIn and run some ads on some. Um, Run some ads on LinkedIn and uh, and uh, any other site like um, oh I don't know um, Investors Business Daily perhaps or USA Today or I mean there's so there's so many sites that you can run ads on that where would target people that are looking for a free CD on how to get a higher rate of return or here's a safe alternative to the stock market and remember that's what you're advertising you're not advertising for lenders direct you don't want to do that. You're advertising that you're giving away a free CD. Make sense? Yes. Any questions from anybody else on that process? I guess not. All right. All right. And oh, to the second part of your question, you said you haven't done anything yet because. Uh, I don't know. remember the reason, but um, you probably need to get a deal under your belt, so I'm going to tell you what I suggest you do. You got, How many of you would like to know what I think you ought to do first to get your first deal under your belt? Yay! Yeah. So three of you, huh? <laughs> More than three. More than okay, well, here's the easiest thing that I think you can do and relate to and probably push yourself into doing, and you can do it with very little training. You should call for sale-by-owner ads that are in your newspaper, your area magazines, your regional magazines, or regional newspapers, I'm sorry, and, of course, they're all over the Internet. They're all over Craigslist. They're all over your fizzbos.com and uh, all of your local. Go to Google and plug in um, for sale-by-owner homes in your city, for sale-by-owner homes in Sacramento, and you'll come up with a list, a, pay, a page of sites where people advertise for sale by owner homes. If you go pick out uh, two or three of those sites that you like the look of and get on there and uh, uh, look for all of those phone numbers, but some of them publish phone numbers, some of them just publish email addresses, of course. And I would look for the ones with the phone numbers. And if not, you can go ahead and email the ones with uh, email addresses and just say, um, can you give me the information? Can you give me a phone number so I can call you or whatever? And in other words, get in touch with FISBOs and fill out the property information sheet that is in my green course if you have it. And if you don't, it's in your uh, resource section on your member website. Pull out resources and then pull down um, standard uh, real estate agreements, residential real estate agreements, and you'll find the property information sheet in there as well. That's a sheet you want to print off, and, and uh, it has all the facts about the house that you need to know. You can also find it at uh, ronlegrand.com forward slash FISBO, F-S-B-O. So the whole game is very simple. 
Oh, by the way, don't forget signs in front of people's houses for sale by owner signs. Oh, you've all seen them. You see them every single day. Now it's time to start calling some of those things and just getting the information on the houses. And what you're looking for are folks who are uh, the easiest uh, target for you are, are folks that uh, are asking pretty close to what the house is worth. I'm, I mean, to what they owe. I'm sorry. One of the questions on the property information sheet is what do you owe on the house and what's your payment? And if they're asking, not much more than that. You'll find a lot of them now that are fully leveraged and over-leveraged. It's very common today. I mean, probably 50% of the houses you call are going to have more owed on them than it's worth or as much owed on them as it's worth, which is not a bad thing on the kind of deal that I'm trying to guide you to here. So let's say you got a house worth $160,000 and they owe 154 on it. Well, as long as it's got a decent payment and the house is in good shape, You've probably got an easy deal right there that you can just walk in and take over and then put a lease option tenant buyer in and get $10,000 out of them, uh, I mean, within a matter of a few days. So if you've got a nice house in a nice neighborhood and you put it out on the market on a lease purchase and you can offer them a reasonable rent, like on that house, I'm guessing it's probably going to be about $1,200. So if you've got an $800 payment on this house and you lease option it out for $1,200 and you're getting $10,000 non-refundable deposit, you got a nice little cash machine there. I mean, you got the house for free, you immediately got ten grand out of it, and now it's paying you $400 a month. Uh, these deals are out there by the gazillions, guys, and I'm talking pretty houses and pretty neighborhoods, not junk, uh, not war zones, nothing you pay all cash for. You don't need any credit to do this because nobody's going to check it, nobody to check it. And you're either going to buy the house by taking over the debt subject to, and if you don't know what that means, I cannot help you with that tonight. You're just going to have to sign yourself to come down and get trained. Or you can even lease option it. You could lease it with the option to buy and then sublease it to your tenant buyer and still get the same $10,000. So um, I hope you understood what I just said. But, uh, gosh, if if you want to do an easy deal, find the ones that are for sale by owners. Don't look for the bank repos. Don't deal with the realtors who require the big deposits. And don't get into a world of paying all cash for a property that you know little or nothing about until you get trained. But anybody can go out and lease option a property from a seller and then put a tenant buyer in there with very, very little training. And I'm telling you, all the forms you need are right on your uh, member site. Any questions on that? Subject to what, what, forms on the, the site? There are no subject to forms. It's simply a purchase and sale agreement, and then your attorney closes the transaction and prepares the deed. Mm. But in the case I just described to you, I don't think I even want to buy it. I don't think I want to pay closing costs. There's no money. Uh, there's no. There's no equity in it to speak of. Why don't you just lease option it, and then sublease it to a tenant buyer and get your money and uh, and, and and let the buyer start paying the the seller. I understand that that uh, procedure, but how do you guarantee that the person you assign the lease to is going to pay? You don't according to your agreement with the you, seller. You don't. The uh, seller uh, uh, acknowledges that they're going to accept this tenant buyer, and it's their problem from that point on. In fact, I am uh, doing a, um, a two-day event. You guys ought to write this down. On September the 30th and October the 1st in Orlando, I'm teaching a two-day lease option event, and I'm going to have John and Stephanie Iannotti there who are not only master students but mentors uh, for us at Global. And um, what they've been doing for several months now is they've been taking these houses that have been leveraged to the max, like the one I just described to you. Let's say it's worth 160 They could even have 165 owed on it. And uh, they will just uh, option that property, go out and find a tenant buyer to put in there and take a fee of their average is seven grand on these things and uh, put the tenant buyer in there, and then the, the, the seller actually initiates the lease option contract with the tenant buyer. Seller's fully aware of what you're doing, and uh, tenant buyer is fully aware of it as well. So you're just getting a finder's fee. You're not even, uh, the, tenant, the uh, seven, five grand or whatever does not even apply to the purchase price. What makes it work is that there's a whole army of uh, tenant buyers out there right now who just want a nice home to live in, are happy to uh, pay a few thousand dollars to get into this nice home as long as they have the option to buy it, even though it's financed to the max. 
John and Stephanie are going to be there to teach that part of little twist on what they're. By the way, they do five to seven of these a month. A month. I saw that on your webinar. They but have no risk. Uh, they have no ties to the deal afterwards. Uh, I'm going to be teaching the lease option business uh, as a whole. Uh, when I say lease option business, I'm talking about controlling the property with a lease option from the seller. We have not taught that in six or seven years now. I have a whole course on it, but I'm redoing that course and uh, remaking it because it's time to bring it back. The lease optioning from the seller is uh, becoming a pretty poor, important part of our business, whereas it used to be it was just as easy to get the deed. But uh, today with these houses, like I just described, with little or no equity, I don't even want the deed. I'd rather just lease option it, no closing cost, nothing to record downtown, put tenant buyer in it, get my check, and I'm done. And if I want to stay in it, fine. What is the paperwork that goes from the tenant buyer back to the seller for you to get out of the the sandwich part of it? I can simply assign the lease. And, well, what they're doing is they're having the seller lease it to the tenant buyer, and, and I'm not in the lease at all. So they're assigning it back to the tenant buyer? Well, no, they're actually literally they're optioning the property and then creating the lease option document with a tenant buyer when they find the tenant. The, the attorney does that. You follow me? No. I'm optioning <laughs> it. Let's say I option it for 154. Right. I go find a tenant buyer who wants to pay me 164. Right. Okay. I just have the attorney then draw up a lease option document for 164,000 showing that I've already got $10,000 down. Uh-huh. And, but he draws it up between the seller and the buyer. Okay, and then what happens with the 10000 I keep it. I know, but do they expect a credit at closing? And does the seller They've already got their that? credit. They Pardon? only owe 154 which is what okay. the loan balance is. Seller's not getting the money. Right. They'll get the money at closing if the... If the person buys it, no, there is no money. They're paying off the debt. Remember, they owe one fifty-four. Right. The buyer now owes one fifty-four. So when the buyer goes and gets a new loan, all it's going to do is pay off the existing loan from the seller, and the seller's out of it. Okay, so the buyer doesn't expect to have a credit for the ten that he gave you for the. Well, for the in this case, I gave him a credit. I sold the house to him for one sixty-four, and they've put ten down. Ah, okay. Okay. In John and Stephanie's case, they do not. It is not uh, the ones that they just assign. They just assign the uh, the, the uh, option. They do not get credit, and they're fully aware of it. Sometimes they're overfinanced. So anyway, just make a note. Okay. You want to learn okay. that part of the business? Just come down September 30th and put it in your book, and that's cheap too. It's a uh, Four ninety seven. We've been letting people in for one ninety seven. So if you if you're interested, contact the office. Thank you. All right. All right. Who else got a question? I I have a rookie question. A rookie question. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How do you you say use your attorney to do these documents? How do you screen and find an attorney? What do you look oh, for? Oh, and... pretty much any real estate attorney can do this for you. Okay. There isn't anything that you that's a red flag. Well, the easiest thing to do is find other investors and find out who they're using. Okay. Which we sure and realtors as well. Well, no, let's go to investors because realtors use uh, attorneys to do cash closings. That's all they do. I'd rather you go to investors and ask around, and they'll tell you the attorneys that are working for you rather than against you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Ron, on those calling the fizzbos. Do you recommend that we, if we can find somebody else to do that to fill out the information sheet? Absolutely. And then just, yeah. And then would you pay per information sheet filled out per hour, some kind of well, combination? I uh, have paid per information sheet filled out, but I can tell you right now, just a week ago, I hired a young gal, not a young gal, a gal. Um, I'm paying her $200 a week for 20 hours worth of work, and her whole job is calling FISBOs. But... She has a mandate that I expect to get at least 30 or 40 FISBOs a week out of that $200. Now, last week, 
she got oriented. She was getting set up, and she's got she did a lot of things that were kind of off that track. So I only got 16 leads this last week out of her. And, and if you if you got 20, and about four of those incidentally are houses that I could go get if I want them. I'm just not quite sure that I want them. So go if ahead. If, and you're not sure you want them because they're they're because too deep they're, under. They're leveraged to 100 percent of what they're worth. Yep. And, and uh, would you know if if she's getting you 20 information sheets, what would you expect? Uh, the, the number of houses. Do you think it's one out of four? That, oh, that I can do? tell you that. In fact, we're going to process a ton of those at this boot camp that I'm doing down here. Because, uh, in fact, I'm getting on a call tomorrow at noon with the students. Who was it was coming down here? Was it Larry? Or Peter? Uh, Larry, yeah, that's oh, me. Larry, okay. Make sure you're on this call at noon tomorrow now. I'm going to get For everybody sure. prepped to come down here um, and bring FISBOs with them so we can process them in class. Uh, I can give you the results from the New Jersey boot camp. How's that? Great. We had uh, 63 FISBOs brought in. <laughs> By the way, only three people brought them in. We had 63 FISBOs. One person brought in 30 of them. And out of the 30 that the one brought in, we had, well, I don't know out of the 30. Out of the 63, we had four deals orally done committed in class that we just had to go back and get the paperwork on when the students got back home. And we had another five that looked like they could be uh, deals, but frankly, we left and we didn't follow up on them after we left. But out of that 63, there was probably at least three or four good solid deals that were there for the taking. And I know more if one actually did proper follow up which, of course, I will do here in Jacksonville because they're my deals if I turn up the leads. And if the students bring them in, then we're going to work with them afterward to try to get them to a conclusion as well. So you probably are going to have to, my guess, have about 20 of them called to get a deal. And if you get one out of 20, a deal out of one out of 20, you're doing good. I mean, think right. about it. Uh, what does it cost yeah. to have 20 calls? Who cares if I'm getting a deal on it? Right. Yep. And, of course, Thank you. the uh, production you're going to get out of the pilot you call is going to certainly depend on your ability to follow up, your ability to recognize a prospect when you see it, and to see the exit strategy. Uh, see, I can do that in my sleep, but I'll confess that's not the case for everybody. It takes a little time to learn that. Okay? Yes. Next question. Wow. Silent group. <laughs> all right. Well, we've almost used up our hour anyway, haven't we? Uh, well, what do you guys think? You think this is worth doing tonight? You want to continue this? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. So when we do it next month, then you're going to have a bunch of questions ready by then, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, FISBOs right. and everything. Okay. And uh, incidentally, if you want to bring uh, real deals to the call, go ahead and bring them. Oh, uh, cool. Call, call the FISBOs, write them down, and then um, when you get on the call, you just read me the basic facts, and I'll give you my input. And I can tell you right now that the basic facts are on the top half of the page, not the bottom half. Fantastic. And so I'm going to be mortgage amount and uh, payment, and if they're in arrears or current, they're asking, and then you're going to have to go uh, do a little bit of homework on getting me an ARV. And, and uh, how many of you need help on finding uh, comps? Yeah. All of you, okay. Uh, yeah. I don't care if you go use Zillow, guys. Zillow okay. is free. Uh, we also use RealQuest, which is not free, and we use uh, Realty Track which is also not free, but gosh, these things are cheap. They don't cost much. I think Realty Tracks costing me 50 bucks a month, if I'm not mistaken. But honestly, I can get just good comps off of Zillow, I believe. Uh, so if you haven't had any training on that, I certainly can't do that tonight. Incidentally, I just did a um, video on that, I believe, for one of your weekly um, online videos, didn't I? Go to your um, membership site. Go to your video archives, and you'll find one there where I teach you how to get the uh, comps on a house. 
how to determine the, the true market value of it. Okay. And because uh, you're going to have to have that. If you're going to bring leads to the call, I'm going to say, what's the ARV? And I'm going to need an answer. Sure. If you don't have that answer, there's nothing I can do for you because we're ne definitely not going to talk about making any kind of offer on a house. We don't have a clue what it's worth. So next month, come prepared with a bunch of leads if you want. And uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to make a note here right now to even let you guys email the leads to me before we get on the call Yay. so that I can go through them and pick out the real pearls in the group. Like that? Yes. Okay. What email address? I don't know. I'll email you. We'll, we'll let you know. I, I just thought of it. Give me a minute. <laughs> I'll, I'll email you. Anxious are in a hurry. I don't want you to think that. <laughs> I'll email you and tell you where to send your property information sheets. In fact, we'll email you the sheet as well. Great. And then um, you guys can get them all filled out. Now, I'm, not, I'm only going to take them the day before the call. I'm not going to be your uh, sure. coaching service here, but I'll take them the day before the call. Now, so I'm telling you now, make sure that I have the stars filled out. Mm -hmm. Just make a note. The stars must have the stars filled out, or there's not much I can do for you. Great. All right. Thank you so, so much. One more, one question. Sure. Uh, Kevin from over at Springfield, Mass. Wanted to know on a subject to could you do that for a two-family? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So the same process that you teach, you just do. Yeah. You just got to make sure you want to now. Are you going to live in this two-family? No. Okay. No. So you just got to make sure that the cash flow is there, Kevin, and don't believe a, don't believe a thing the seller tells you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got to do my own homework. Yes, you do. <laughs> the, the, the expenses are always more than what they say, and the rent's always less. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. And uh, and if you're going to go into this thing now, don't go in there with pie-in-the-sky ideas that you're going to get more rent than anybody's ever gotten in this on this duplex in the, in the history. You know, be fair about it and make sure that the numbers will work without you trying to get top dollar for rent. And it's in a partial uh, war zone area, so it probably won't be the greatest idea anyway. Uh, Well, you know, I cut my teeth in war zone areas, but it does take a little management skill. And yeah. uh, war zone area or not, people still have to live there. So if you can get a good, strong cash flow on it without risk, and then it's entirely up to you whether you want to mess with it or not. Yeah, yeah. All right. Appreciate that. All right. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, are you planning ever to come up uh, our way, like uh, Vancouver, BC, uh, and do something from a Canadian perspective? Uh, well, yeah, I love Vancouver, BC, and um, I get there probably once a year. I don't have anything on the agenda right this minute, though. Well, here's your invitation. Come on up. <laughs> All right. You we gonna, really have some here now. So. You're going to take me salmon fishing? I'm not coming up there without killing something. Well, uh, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, then it has to, you know, it has to be about August, wouldn't it? Uh, well, August, September, yeah. No, I love it. I'll try to get up there. It won't be this year, though. I can tell you that. But um, I'll do at least a couple of uh, Canadian spots next year. I love Canadians. Some of our best students doing our best deals are from Canada. In fact, we'll have a bunch of them down here in Florida next week. Okay, so as a neophyte, like, what should I do first? I mean, uh, just reading about it is very difficult to get started and actually do something. So what do you suggest I should do? Go to well, I suggest you get to my training. But right now, if you don't get down here next week, then you're not going to be able to do that till October in Baltimore. And that okay. training applies to you in BC as well as it does in the States. You're talking about the lease option deal in Orlando, is that? Uh, you could do that because lease options are certainly applicable up in BC, uh, but I'm only going to teach the part of the business as it applies to lease options there now. Um, I'm talking about my four day quick turn real estate school. Go on. Um, Go on uh, ronsquickturn.com, ronsquickturn.com. No, is that it? Or, it's quick turn or quick start. It might be ronsquickstart.com, and you'll read all about the event there, the four-day event that I teach. The next one that uh, beginner should take is where? 
in Baltimore? Well, assuming you can't come to Jacksonville, Florida, on the 11th of August, then the next one is in Baltimore on October the 13, 14, 15, and 16. Thank you for all the valuable information you're sending. Uh, we, you know, we should be able to do it just from that alone. But uh, you are I welcome. I think we just need a little bit of hand-holding to get started. No, you're, I would hate to have you do deals just from this call. I can't tell you. You need a little bit of training here. Um, by the way, guys, if, uh, anybody on here uh, a veteran, military veteran? Uh, if you are or if you know somebody that is, have them go to OurMilitaryHeroes.org, OurMilitaryHeroes, H-E-R-O-E-S-O-E-S, now, .org, not .com, .org, because they can get into this uh, .com training I'm doing this week for free if they're a veteran, and they can get a 25% discount off the real estate training. So uh, get that word out for us. We're doing a big uh, promotion here to try to get the vets trained. All right. Anything else? Going once. Going twice. See you in August. Or so see much. you in September. And um, I will get that email out that I promised to you, but uh, you probably won't get it now. To, I don't know. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll follow up tomorrow and tell everybody it's coming, and then we'll hit you again before the call to remind you to go call a few FISBOs. All right? Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Ron.